Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Mino Lion Media presents Pregnancy Pearls. Meet Dr. Nicole Plenty, a double board certified OBGYN and high risk pregnancy expert. She's brilliant, well-researched and feisty. Growing tired of seeing complications of pregnancy that could have been prevented, she wanted a way to empower women through knowledge because, as she says, all doctors aren't created equal. This quest to educate women birthed this podcast, Pregnancy Pearls with Dr. Plenty. Thanks for listening to Pregnancy Pearls with me, Dr. Nicole Plenty. If you've been listening for a while, you know that topics I discuss on the show come directly from email comments and suggestions. So over the past week, I've received numerous questions about early vaginal bleeding from listeners who are trying to get pregnant. Specifically, I've been asked several questions about implantation spotting. So I thought I'd do a podcast episode about it. Implantation spotting is just that. It occurs at the time the pregnancy is implanting in the uterus. So most people don't even realize they're pregnant at the time they have implantation spotting unless you've done IVF pregnancies or if you are actively trying to get pregnant and you're following every single day of your menstrual cycle. About 25% of pregnancies experience implantation spotting as the first sign of pregnancy, whether people know it or not. Sometimes this spotting can be confused with a period, um, really an early period. So let's break down the timing. So day one of your menstrual cycle is the day that your first day of your last menstrual period. Okay, so it's day one, the day you see bleeding. Most women with a normal 28-day cycle ovulate, releasing an egg from the ovaries around day 14. The egg itself is only viable for about 24 hours after it's released. But sperm can live inside your body for about three to five days. Pregnancy is technically only possible if you have sex during that five-day window before ovulation or on the actual day that you ovulate. But the most fertile days are the three days leading up to and including ovulation. So by 12 to 24 hours after you ovulate, women are no longer able to get pregnant during that menstrual cycle because the egg is no longer in the fallopian tube. The fertilized egg, if it is fertilized, then implants into the uterine wall around days 22 to 26 of your cycle. If your body follows a 28-day menstrual cycle, you won't get your period until after day 28. So if you're bleeding earlier and you have lighter bleeding, there's a good chance this is implantation bleeding and not your period. So let's talk about other ways you can know that Hey, maybe this is implantation spotting and not an early period. So the color. So implantation bleeding is usually like a pinkish brown color. Your menstrual blood, on the other hand, can start off like brown or lighter, but it soon will become like a really deep red color, like regular blood. Implantation bleeding is usually super light spotting. And so your period, even if you have a period that starts off as light spotting, eventually that flow should get heavier and stronger. Implantation spotting will not do that. It, it stays spotting. It, it won't be implantation bleeding. Cramping can be a signal because your uterus now has something inside of it that 
that's implanting. And so when that embryo implants inside of your uterus and the uterus starts to open um, to hold the gestational sac, you can have some cramping. Um, with implantation spotting, you have spotting and cramping, which is very, very light cramping and short-lived. If you have strong cramps, like a period um, that's intense or lasts a long time, then this is probably not associated with implantation spotting. Um, and of course, if you notice clots in the bleeding, like I said before, implantation bleeding should be just that it's spotting, okay, not bleeding. So if you have clots, um, this is probably your period, not implantation bleeding. Implantation bleeding is not mixed with tissue or a lot of blood, okay? It's just sort of displacing that small little lining of endometrium there so that that embryo can be nestled inside of the uterus. So if you're passing clots and tissue, that is not implantation spotting. Implantation bleeding usually lasts a couple days, one, two, maybe three days, but usually 48 hours, while your period is going to be four to seven days. And of course, it's going to eventually get heavier in intensity versus just a little bit of spotting. And then implantation bleeding is more often like an on and off spotting, okay? Not like, oh, I got to have a panty liner or a pad on at all times. It's like, hey, I wiped with um, with urination. I saw a little bit of pink stuff. The next time I didn't, I went back to the bathroom. I wiped again. There was a little bit of pink stuff. That is more consistent with implantation spotting versus a period if it goes away mysteriously after about one to two days. Likely it's implantation spotting. So there's no way to know if it's really implantation spotting until you confirm the pregnancy later, right? So you know that eventually if you don't get your cycle, so if your cycle doesn't come on after day 28, then that should prompt you to take a pregnancy test and should prompt you to talk to your provider about getting a pregnancy test in their office and or an ultrasound if you're far enough along um, to see something in the uterus. So now that you know a little bit more about implantation spotting, let's go to the cases. Our first case is a 38-year-old woman who has been trying to get pregnant for about six months now. Her last normal menstrual period was five weeks ago, but she had a very light spotting about a week and a half ago. This went away after a day, only requiring a panty liner. At that time, she took a pregnancy, she took a pregnancy test, but it was negative. She presents for preconception evaluation. So um, in this case, the first thing I would do is go through her history, go through um, the timing of her menstrual cycles, meaning, yes, you said your, your last menstrual period was five weeks ago, but how often are you actually getting a cycle? Um, you should know um, how many days are from day one of your period, um, one month to day one the next month, okay? That tells you how long your actual menstrual cycles are, okay? Not... Not the length of your period, but how long actually between when day one starts of your period to the next time your period starts. So you should track that every single month and literally count the days between day one of the period to the time your period starts the next month. That tells you how long your menstrual cycle is, okay? When you talk about your menstrual period and how long it is, um, that is from day one to you know the, the last day of bleeding. And so that should be four to seven days. So it looks like you had a period five weeks ago. So it's sort of too early for you to have a positive pregnancy test. So could this be 
that you had um, some implantation spotting? Absolutely, it could have been uh, implantation spotting, especially if it was very light for um, a week ago, which is prime time, you know, days 24 to 26 would be when you would have implantation spotting, which would be before you would get your period. Um, This sounds like it could have been implantation spotting for you um, and that you took a pregnancy test. It was negative because it was just too early. So what I would tell you in this situation is, hey, let's do a pregnancy test now in my office to see if it's positive or not. Um, I would actually do a quantitative beta HCG to see what the actual hormone number is as opposed to just a test that has like a positive or negative line. That way I can say, hey, this is your hormone level. If you're not pregnant, it should be less than five. If that thing is higher than five, then that means that you are probably pregnant and you need another test repeated in 48 hours to make sure that it's rising or doubling um, every 48 hours appropriately. That would indicate that you're pregnant. The other thing that you could do is just wait another week and take another pregnancy test. So once you're two weeks late on your cycle, take another test. If it's negative at that time um, and you're not having any other bleeding, then you should talk to your OB because at that point, you're either pregnant and your test can't detect it because it's still a little bit too early or perhaps you aren't pregnant. You had anobulatory bleeding um, a couple weeks ago and you're just not ovulating. And so that would mean that you need to get on some medicine to regulate your cycles more. So I would be more interested in how regular are your cycles? But when you come to my office, the first thing I'm going to do is a pregnancy test because this does sound like you are probably pregnant, sis, and you um, probably did have implantation spotting. And if that's the case, I'm really excited for you. The case pearl for this case is implantation spotting occurs very early in the pregnancy, likely too early for you to have a positive pregnancy test. Retake the test. Our second case is a 23-year-old who is eight weeks pregnant with her second child. She presents for an ultrasound due to vaginal bleeding, which has been present for two weeks now. She had very light spotting and now dark red blood. An ultrasound with her OBGYN at the time of the initial bleeding showed a fetal pole with a heartbeat. She was referred for further evaluation for continued vaginal bleeding. Um, In this situation, unfortunately, um, if you were bleeding two weeks ago, that would make you six weeks. That would mean that this is probably not implantation spotting. Okay. So especially if you are constantly bleeding, okay, if you're constantly bleeding, then to me, this is not implantation spotting. It definitely needs further evaluation. So what I would recommend that you get is one, we need to always do a type and screen. So a type and screen is basically telling you what's your blood type and what's your antibody status to other red blood cells. So if you are anything negative, so RH negative, so A negative, B negative, AB negative, that means that you are in the 15% of the population that's negative. And more than likely, because 85% of the population is positive, meaning A positive, O positive, AB positive, then your baby could have a chance of also being positive and that can make you have antibodies, you create antibodies against the baby if there's been an exchange of that blood brain barrier, uh, that blood, your maternal blood and fetal blood. Now at eight weeks, that's super unlikely, but if it happened later in the pregnancy and you have bleeding and you were negative or RH negative, then you would need Rogam. So I would definitely order um, a blood type and screen to know what your blood count is to see if you needed Rogam or not. Secondly, I would do an ultrasound because if there was a baby with a heartbeat and a fetal pole, at six weeks, that baby should still be there. I should be able to see something in the uterus. If I don't see anything in the uterus, then unfortunately that means that you've had a miscarriage and that's what the reason the reason for the bleeding. But seeing as though your spotting is now 
dark, dark red. Um, that means that's like old blood that's sort of trapped in there that's just trying to get out, which is reassuring for anybody that's had vaginal bleeding and who had a positive heartbeat on ultrasound. So more than likely, we'll still have a positive heartbeat on ultrasound, but we do need to check that to see, hey, is everything still going okay with the pregnancy? So anybody in early pregnancy that has vaginal bleeding needs an ultrasound to evaluate the viability of the pregnancy, meaning if the pregnancy is still there, okay? If the pregnancy is still there, um, meaning we still see a heartbeat, we should st- we should measure the baby and make sure the baby's measurements are still consistent with eight weeks. Um, I say that because some people that have reasons for bleeds can have a decreased blood flow to the baby, which can stunt growth, which could mean that you are at risk for a miscarriage. Other things that we look for would be if you have what's called a subchorionic hemorrhage or blood between the amnion and chorion of the gestational sac. Um, that could put you at risk for a miscarriage because that sac is separating. Usually the risk is higher if that subchorionic bleed is very, very large. And it does explain why you've had bleeding. Now, I've seen a ton of pregnancies with subchorionic hemorrhages that go on to be completely normal pregnancies that deliver full term. I'm just saying if you have a bleed that explains why, why you're seeing blood from the vagina, and it does mean you need to be monitored a little bit closer to see if that subchorionic hemorrhage will resolve. There's nothing we can do about a subchorionic hemorrhage. Nothing. Okay. Sometimes if you have massive ones and you are further along, um, we can, you know, some people would say, hey, perhaps drain it. I'm not a person that advocates draining or sticking a needle um, in a collection of blood and draining it at all because that puts you at more risk for rupture. So I wouldn't advocate for that. So usually a subchorionic hemorrhage, once it stops expanding, it will resolve on its own over time. So there's nothing you have to do about it. Um, it just means that you need to be careful. And if you start having heavier bleeding, you need need to be evaluated again. So anytime you have bleeding, you need evaluation. Now, if you're having dark red blood after you've been evaluated initially, you don't have to keep on getting evaluated because we know that this is not fresh new blood. If you have bright red blood, then that's when you need to get reevaluated again to make sure there's nothing going on. And then once you are over the 23rd week, meaning the baby is viable, meaning the baby can survive without you. Yes, every time you have a bleed, you definitely um, need to call your OBGYN or your provider and let them know that something's going on so they can do an ultrasound. And they're going to do an ultrasound every time. Before that time, they're going to go mainly based on your symptoms. If you're losing too much blood, that will prompt them um, to check a blood count and, and do an ultrasound. Um, For you, since it's the first time I'm seeing you, I would do an ultrasound just to make sure the pregnancy is still intact. So the case pearl is this is not implantation spotting. Vaginal bleeding, once a pregnancy is confirmed, always requires further evaluation because there's always something else going on, regardless if we can see it or not. Do we have any emailed questions? Yes. This one says, Dr. Plenty, I have had two miscarriages in the past, so I'm extremely anxious about this pregnancy. I have a 26-day cycle and usually don't have bleeding even when I've had miscarriages in the past. Previously, my miscarriages occurred at 8 and 10 weeks. Now I have had a misperiod. It's been exactly 28 days since I had a normal cycle. However, four days ago, I had very light pink vaginal bleeding and mild cramping. I have not had any further bleeding since that time, and I have no other pregnancy symptoms that I can think of. I am so anxious that I don't have much of any appetite. I know you can't know for sure, but does this sound like I could possibly be pregnant and have had another miscarriage? My pregnancy test was negative yesterday. 
Um, so I get a lot of this and I know the anxiety, especially if you've had miscarriages is real. I have had a miscarriage. It is super anxiety provoking when you're trying to get pregnant with your next child. So I definitely empathize with you, but you're going to drive yourself crazy if you're trying to guess every single day, whether or not you've had a miscarriage or not. So I would tell you to contact your provider to be evaluated, but at the same time, a little bit of this is going to have to be patience. And it's very hard to be patient when you're anxious and you're really, really trying hard to be pregnant. Um, this does not sound like you've had a miscarriage. This sounds more like you've had implantation bleeding is what it sounds like to me. Okay. It sounds like you probably are pregnant and you've had implantation spotting because you had very light pink bleeding and very mild cramping and you have had no bleeding since. So it's like, it's like textbook implantation spotting. I can't tell you for sure that it was because I am not there to confirm your pregnancy, but it does not sound like a miscarriage. A miscarriage, I would expect for you to have like passage of tissue or something that looks like chicken fat is what I would expect um, for you to have had if you have a miscarriage, like tissue and maybe a little clot, but like fatty yellowish tissue if you're this early and had a miscarriage. That's what I would anticipate. That's not what you're describing. You're describing very pink spotting. Okay. So this is more like implantation spotting, but again, you should wait and get an evaluation. You do need to wait and take another pregnancy test because you have not missed your period by two weeks. Okay. Just based on what you're saying, you're only two days late. So what I would say is wait two weeks and take a pregnancy test. If your test is positive, then we know, hey, you're pregnant. Schedule your first prenatal visit. If your test is negative, then you're going to contact your provider, like I said before, and they can either do a beta ACG or they can do further evaluation and do an ultrasound to see, to, to figure out why you're having spotting. Some reasons that you could have spotting that aren't pregnancy, okay? So one, you could have a tear or a laceration on your cervix or in the vagina because of, of rough sex or sexual intercourse or toys. That is a real thing. That could cause spotting. Those areas can seal off or heal, and then you won't have any spotting anymore. Um, you could have a polyp. So a polyp is uh, just a benign growth of tissue inside the uterus in the lining. And if that polyp is there, it could bleed, okay? And so you could have spotting from polyps. You could have fibroids. Fibroids cause uh, spotting as well. During your cycle, it can cause heavier cycles. Between your cycles, it can cause what's called intramenstrual ble bleeding or bleeding between your periods. Um, so there are various reasons. And then erosion, um, if you have a, a, a tear um, outside of the vagina, that can also cause you to have spotting. If you have a lesion on your cervix, um, anything that's like precancerous or friable lesion on your cervix, um, that can cause spotting as well. So I don't want you to ignore the spotting. It does need evaluation if you don't come on your cycle eventually or if you don't um, have a positive pregnancy test. Um, but I don't want you to go with, I must have had a miscarriage because it, it definitely does not sound like you've had a miscarriage. And for your sake, I really hope that you do have a positive pregnancy test. I hope that um, you write me and let me know in two weeks whether your test is positive or negative so that we can celebrate with you because this would be an exciting time for you, especially um, with the with the previous losses that you've had. Okay, do we have any other email cases? My medical intern signals, no. So thanks so much for listening to Pregnancy Pearls podcast. I hope you've learned a little bit more about implantation spotting. If you are over 35 and thinking about getting pregnant, remember, I'll be launching the 35 Plus Membership Club next month. That way you can get your preconception counseling and pregnancy planning with a group or individual support. You can also get to meet other planning moms to discuss your experiences and learn more about other options with my featured guest speakers. So stay tuned for this. Also, if you're following Pregnancy Pearls on social media, 
as I said before, you know that I am now co-author of Chronicles of Women in White Coats, Volume 3. In the book, I share the journey of my medical career and my own personal high-risk pregnancy experience. I'd love for you to support it by purchasing the book and make sure to let me know what you think about it after you read it. All right, if you or someone you know has had a pregnancy complication or a unique pregnancy situation, let me know about it. Email me at pregnancypearls at gmail.com to hear your topic or case discussed on one of our podcast episodes. Also, remember to follow me on Instagram at pregnancy underscore pearls and Facebook at pregnancy pearls. And don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash pregnancy pearls with Dr. Plenty for more quick talks about pregnancy complications. In closing, remember to advocate for yourself. You are your biggest advocate and no one knows what's going on with your body except for you. Thanks for listening. Bye. Pregnancy Pearls is hosted by Dr. Nicole Lee Plenty. Produced by Nicole Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Find Pregnancy Pearls on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice for diagnosis or treatment of individual medical conditions. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with specific questions regarding a medical condition. Pregnancy Pearls is a Mean Old Lion Media production.